Welcome to What the Fun Podcast with Kimmy, Kisa, and Renee. Glad you can join us as we explore all aspects of entertainment and current events with industry professionals, friends, and us. Welcome. Ladies, guess what? 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 <laughs> We're in episode two! Yeah! Episode two! We survived the first round and we liked it so much, we decided to do it again. Yes. (laughs) I'm so happy that we're doing our second podcast. We had really good feedback from our friends, family, and listeners in general. So it's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Yay. So (laughs) what else is going on in your guys' life? (laughs) Oi. Yeah, I uh, had to make some changes. I had to do some self-reflection and that triggered when I had a hard time rolling out of bed. And it made me realize, <laughs> I think I think we need to reduce the amount of um, Pringle canisters I uh, open each day. You know, while most people go to the grocery store and like buy one or two canister, I'm like pulling the whole case off the shelf and like this will last for a week. But I can't be doing that anymore. I can't, you know, it's just not healthy. No. I'm realizing that now. So and, I, and like everybody has been baking, right? And I bake I bake all the time. I bake at least once a week. So now what I've decided was that I had to reduce the amount of sugar that was g- going into my body. It was out of control. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so now I've been baking with um monk fruits which is a very healthy sweetener and it has no sugar, which is really good. And um, I've been like testing the water, seeing how it's going. Some things are better than others, but so far so good. Renee has eaten a lot of the things that I've made. I have, I have benefited from this testing process. <laughs> because the other problem is that if I bake all the time normally I can just you know take it to work and then give it to somebody else and it doesn't just like sit in my house now I'm glad that I live miles away from you because (laughs) that would be a horrible thing for me you wouldn't be contributing to my (laughs) positive changes here but now healthy choices it is healthy it's a good alternative yeah well, sugar makes you like sugar, right? Like the more you eat sugar, the more you want it kind of thing. So yeah, I like savory stuff. So, but I find myself that if I start eating sugar at the top of the day, I'm eating sugar throughout the entire day. Like that's all I want to yeah. eat. Yeah. I like both. I love savory and sugar, but you know what we need? We need structure. <laughs> we need structure in our lives <laughs> to stay on track here. Oh, yeah. Because I I need to be told. Actually, yeah, I need structure, but I also need to be told. And once they start opening the world back up and the gyms are in motion, I'm going to need to get me a trainer so that trainer can tell me what to do because, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be budging. (laughs) I think that's like the hardest thing, like working out sometimes, especially if you're like new to the gym is like figuring out what you even do, especially at like just a normal gym. Like, mm-hmm. you just walk in and it's just, like, equipment and, like, free weights and whatever. I think right. that's why, like, 
if you're like new to the gym, it's really good to like either get a trainer or like take classes. No, I need someone to tell me what to do every single day. Kimmy, you need you a climb up stairmaster. <laughs> Even after knowing, I still need someone to poke the bear and say, Kimmy, you need to get on the treadmill now. I'll it's be kicking like- and screaming and crying. But yeah, you know, eventually it- I'll get there. Yeah, it's just having that account that accountability partner. Yeah. Cause that's what I need. Right? Like I can go to the gym on my own, no problem. I can create a really good workout, no problem. But if I'm like, I have eight other things that I need to do, the gym <laughs> is the first one to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> So I need someone to go with me or to, like, tell me to go to the gym. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll be like, no, that's, I'm good. Maybe, maybe what we need is an, uh, an accountability coach. That too. Yeah. yeah. Or some inspiration. <laughs> like, in all honesty. For me, like, I like the accountability part of it because I'm a procrastinator by nature. So I'm going to push the limit as long as I don't have to like, well, I don't have to exercise today. I can exercise tomorrow and tomorrow comes and I'm like, well, I could exercise the next day. I have something else I need to do now, like brush my teeth or whatever it is. So I'll keep postponing it. But <laughs> yes, then going I- to the gym is comparable <laughs> to brushing your teeth. Yes, exactly. and you, can easily, you can either cut brushing your teeth are going to the gym. Yes. <laughs> Brushing your teeth is always going to win. Or you can take away the shower. I don't think personal hygiene should be interchangeable with going to the gym. I'm just going to throw that one out there. <laughs> Those are things you should be doing every day. Those are, okay, fine. It's just me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, but I like the accountability part because then someone's keeping you there. But And once you're there, it's like, then I get into the competition and then I start competing with that person or with the people that I'm with or with myself. Like, I can do one more push up. I can do one more of this. And so that pushes me to do more. But it's getting there. That's rough. I'd rather sleep. Yeah. The hard thing with having an accountability partner to go to the gym with for me is that I have to work out first thing in the morning um, me too uh, so if I start my day and I don't work out I'm not working out that's it that's what's happening because I will <laughs> I just won't do it I'll be like well that should sail at six o'clock in the morning I can barely wake up at six o'clock in the morning to go use the restroom and here <laughs> you are working out at 6 a.m I need to find that motivation <laughs> <laughs> I think having that accountability, having that structure is good, especially when you're trying to stay fit yeah. in these times. Or finding that inspiration to get you through the day. I mean, some people just have like just a lot of energy and then there's people that don't have any energy and need to be pushed or once you're in the right circumstance, then you have all the energy and then you have someone like our dear friend, Paul Rico, who we're going to be interviewing today. Um, He's hysterical, such an energetic human being, not only as a performer, but as a person like I have never met anyone that comes at you with such positive energy even when he's feeling low or whatever it may be and she just makes your day and inspires you to like take on the next step 
you can you can go. <laughs> you can keep going. Yes, our dear friend Paul is an amazing actor who has performed throughout the world from big theatrical productions to cruise ships, television, and to his current social theater group project. Now, this group has performed with the LGBTQ community, high schools, college campuses, and most notably, the Department of Navy. Please welcome to the show, everyone, our dear friend, Mr. Paul Rico. Yay! Hi, Paul. Hi. Again, I want to scream really loud, but I'm sure it'll probably blast everybody's ears. And this is just like episode two. <laughs> I want to scream, what? <laughs> just the FYI, I create a lot of chants throughout the day during this quarantine time, just running through the hallway. I mean, if you feel compelled to just chant in the middle of your interview, then just do it. You know, yeah. do what feels well, right to you okay, in okay. this moment. Thank you for giving me permission to do that. <laughs> We're about to unleash everything. I know. So everyone just be ready for it. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Hi. <laughs> You know, before we get started, I had a couple observations that I think you all might identify with. Okay. Two of my favorite feelings. Okay. Getting a fresh towel after you've just taken a shower. (laughs) And taking a shower and getting into bed after you've just washed all your sheets and blankets. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Isn't that a good feeling? I thought you were going to say after taking a shit and feeling. <laughs> no, that's the shit into the shower. That's a good feeling. So that's three. Like, that's three. I guess three this is three steps. I was just doing three the three-step process. Three I mean, there's three now. Oh. All related to showers, which is great. <laughs> Drinking coffee, which then turns into a shit, which then turns into a shower, into a fresh towel. There you go. <laughs> Best part of waking up. <laughs> There's my show. Okay, okay. I don't even know how to start. I don't even know I where to go. It. <laughs> this is great. Oh, Paul. I'm so glad you're here on our show. You're our second episode. No, I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited. I'm so excited because you're amazing. Thank you. Um... So really, we just want to get to know you. We want to know what keeps you grounded, what fuels you every single day, why you started performing, what motivates you to keep performing. Did you know that Kimmy is also a performer because she sings beautifully like an angel? Um, No, I didn't. I would say yes, just because of the nature of all of our jobs and where you all are. So, you know, I always assume that somebody had some type of performance background. But I didn't know the details. Oh, you and I can put a two-person show together. Well, when we get happen. <laughs> Actually, that would be a great two-person show. It starts show. with us coming I out of the shower. <laughs> yes! And then, like, Lisa and Renee throwing two uh, uh, towels that just came out of the dryer. And it's just like, what the fun? What the fun? Coming to to a theatrical stage production, we're gonna call it the Five Good Feelings, the musical. The five good feelings. <laughs> That's my self help book, bitch. The Five Good Feelings. <laughs> How to start your day off right? Oh, oh my god! So, 
This is it. This is why you're on the show. <laughs> you're just an enjoyable human being and you got so much greatness to offer. So um, how did it start? How did it start? Well, I was born um, in Chula I was Vista. born in San Diego, California. <laughs> Grew up in National City, which is a little town between Chula Vista, or a little town between San Diego and Mexico. Makes it sound like it's really far. Um, but I actually <laughs> want to fast forward to when uh, it really kind of started. I mean, as a kid, my parents... To be completely honest, I think they they had a hunch that I was a little gay boy and they didn't and they kind of wanted to like channel that energy into this Christian youth theater that they got me involved in. So because Mm -hmm. I love to just sing and dance all the time. Fun Mm -hmm. fact. (laughs) I on my fifth birthday, what I wanted for my birthday was to sing or no, not even sing, perform a dance to Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. Yep. Just with all my family around. Uh-huh. Piñata in the corner. Were getting you gonna get everybody's like, attention. I didn't get, I, they, like, my dad made me a shirt, like a Little Mermaid shirt. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it really started. I've just wanted nice. the attention all on me for, you know, three and a half minutes or however long that song is. Um, did like these Christian youth theater really wasn't your um, your stereotypical, not stereotypical musical theater, but we didn't do like the shows that like Broadway puts on. I mean, it would be, they did do like Beauty and the Beast, but it would be like Tom Sawyer, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, but it was really fun. It was actually like, I think it low key has made me the performer that I am today because I've done it for so long, like as a child, but fast forward, get into middle school. You're just too cool. Don't want to do any of that. But it really wasn't until I went to college, specifically mm-hmm. community college, Southwestern college in San Diego or technically in Chula Vista. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And it wasn't till then where, you know, you take your, your classes, your, what they call your general ed classes. And then there's like elective classes. And I was like, wait a second, I can take tap class and an acting class <laughs> and another dance class. Like I can take these classes. <laughs> so I took all the classes and was not serious about like doing this for real at all. It was just like completely fun. I think my dad instilled this whole idea of being a very rational. He's a very rational person for the most part. Um, you know, or not rational, very, very realistic. So things weren't mm-hmm. like, you have to go get this job. No, wait, I take that back. It was like, we weren't really like, go live your dreams. And like, we don't care what you do. But there was always this sense of reality of like, you know, you go to college, do what you want. But you know, you have to make money. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. we're not going to, mm-hmm. we really can't support you. We don't have enough money to just give you a bunch of money. Like you got to go to work. Uh, so, um, but it wasn't, so I took like these tap classes, these acting classes, and obviously it was like my favorite classes all the time. Mm-hmm. I basically like re-fell in love with like performing and was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Um, but it really wasn't until I transferred to Long Beach State. And again, even there I was taking like 
an acting class, a, a tap class, a jazz class, you know, music classes. Um, and I actually think I had needed a job and it actually was my cousin. And she's the one who was like, why don't you go to Disneyland and like get a job at Disneyland? And I was like, what? Oh yeah. I could be like a ride operator or something. Right. <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> I'm not that it's bad to be a ride operator. Everybody who's listening to this, these people only know me in the format of being a crazy singer dancer out of my mind. So, like, I'm pretty sure you all see me being like Paul's destiny was to be a ride operator. That anyway. Um, so, like, looked online and auditions, and like, I went to a host audition. That's how I actually started working at Disney and then so that was like really cool and I was like oh my gosh I never thought like I was gonna say obviously I got the job um but it was block party bash that I auditioned for while I became a host and um that's when I actually saw people pursuing this career Mm -hmm. and like you know, I would see people like, oh, I'm going on a tour or like, I'm going to go do this thing. Or, you know, I became an Agva, which is a actors or performers union and, um, and, you know, got paid significantly more money. And so I was like, oh, wait a second. People <laughs> do this. Wow. I want to do this. I continued school, speech communication. Um, but it, that was like the real moment when I graduated college and I was like, I, I want to work overseas. I want to go do this. So that was the real moment where I was like, I really want to do this. And then obviously I kind of got into everything else. Like I would have these little goals, which is very interesting. Cause when you're younger, you just like, there's nothing else in sight, right? You got those blinders on and you're like, I want that job. And you just go get it. Like, I would just be like, I want to be in that new high school musical show. And I like, would go on my bike and ride and sing <laughs> so I can have like the best stamina. And like, I would take vocal lessons and like got that job and like, I want to work overseas and I would like get that job. And yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got started into doing it professionally. And how is that experience performing overseas? That's quite the journey from performing locally. And now you're traveling across the country with a whole new different culture. So how was that for you? Oh my gosh. It was one of like, the best things in my life because I was in, Oh, so I did it in Paris. Uh, I did Disneyland in Paris. And then I worked at universal studios in Osaka, Japan. Mm. Um, and then I have worked on cruise ships, which went, you know, through all South America, um, mm-hmm. the Caribbean up the coast of on the East coast, up to Canada and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that experience was such like an informative time for me as a performer because I got to do the same show over and over again, really like fine tune my skill as a singer. Mm-hmm. We had music directors who were also vocal coaches who would not only just work on the show, but would have us bring our own music in between shows or on breaks and want us to learn these techniques so that our show got better. So, you know, you're there for nine months or eight or nine months. And you're on these jobs. And when you come back home, you know, you're just a better singer. You're a better performer. And for me, I felt like I was even just a better person of Mm -hmm. being able to live in a different country. You know, I 
did my best to learn French. Don't really know much of it now, but in Japan, I did Rosetta Stone. And so I was like having lessons like in my room, but then being able to go to work and actually apply the things that I've learned. I feel like it has made me the person I am to be able to have those experiences of someone not being able to understand you, but also like being able to go to work and spend time in a country where you don't feel rushed. We're like, I gotta go do these hundred things and I'm a tourist. Like, I got to get off of work and be tired and be on a bus and go grab a baguette and a bottle of wine, you know? And be like, <laughs> like in the morning. So what is it like working in a, like a theme park schedule for a performer? Is that, that's much more different than something like live theater or film and television yeah just like the um like the workload that you have throughout the day Um, how do you how do you get used to that how do you make it work for you you know I think first off it's like different for everybody um it can be very very challenging I think every performer wants to do their best wants Mm -hmm. to look their best wants to give a 100% effort to every performance that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, working in a theme park and, you know, your schedule is six shows of the same exact show all day because it is an entertainment offering for people to come watch. You can, you don't just have one show like a theater on Broadway. Yeah, it's or, not like you didn't just buy a ticket just to go see that show. Like you bought a ticket to come into the park and it's an extra experience that you get. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an extra experience and it'd be like, it's mm-hmm. equivalent to going on a ride. The ride just doesn't go around once. It's going all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so what I've, what I've really learned is um, really being present. Mm-hmm. Um, it can become very, easy when you have done a show for a significant amount of time to just go through the motions. It is so easy because you literally are saying and doing the same exact things over and over again. So you can go through, you can be singing your face off and entertaining all the people and go through your grocery list. Why, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, Paul, what do I got to get some cucumbers and spinach? Should <laughs> I get the red or should I get the rose red? I think I'm going to go for white. Like I have done that and I can do that. Um, but sometimes I have to make an intentional, uh, be intentional about being in the moment, mm-hmm. being with my coworkers on stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, sometimes getting out there and being like, these people paid a lot of money to be here. And yeah. I'm going to do my best in this moment. And I'm also going to make, I'm going to entertain my coworkers and make them laugh. And finding mm-hmm. those different ways and making every day um, fun and bringing joy to it. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's how I do it. But again, it is a, it's a day by day thing, just like anybody else when they go to work. Sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder, but the repetition can definitely get difficult, which is, yeah. We can talk about this later, but it's important to, for me there, it's been important to do things on the outside that are either creative or, and, or just different because yeah. then I can, I can say, Oh, I got that out. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm stifled. 
by yeah. doing the same thing every single day. Yeah. It's something that nobody ever tells you when you decide to go into the world of themed entertainment in, you know, <laughs> in theme parks where it's yes. like, you, it's, it's a different kind of art form because you have to make it intentional for yourself every single mm-hmm. day because otherwise you're going to be like, what am I doing? And even me calling shows, I've definitely been like, okay, so after the show, I need to go and do this. I need to send this email. Okay, what am I going to eat for dinner? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, right? There's 25 people on stage. (laughs) (laughs) If you just miss that audio, (laughs) (laughs) what am I saying? (laughs) The Pinot Grigio. (laughs) Or the rat. (laughs) It's so true. And you have to keep it keep it fresh for yourself because just like performing you get caught up in calling the same show yeah however many times you have to do it yeah and even if it's a hard show it still is like oh I just did this yesterday you know so you have to really be intentional so you mentioned remaining present so what are things that you do to prepare yourself every day because I have a morning routine to keep myself present yeah so what do you do I like just take a moment in my car so that I'm not rushed. Uh, That's like Mm -hmm. number one, like not being rushed will just like take, like keeps me in it. So I take like a moment and I low key do like a, um, I guess a very present walk, I guess. Mm -hmm. How far Mm -hmm. away? I'm not telling you where I park. I park far. <laughs> and I walk through the whole park. Um, <laughs> um, I can guess all the way around. Oh, leave me alone. I need. I like. I need that moment to just kind of be by myself and yeah. really create. Like you know, like I'm here. I observe everything. I like steps. I look at you know the roller coasters, the trees. Um, Sometimes I'm just like super thankful. I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I'm like super grateful that I'm like making money today. I'm making good Mm -hmm. money today. Or like, I'm here. This is who you're going to be, Paul. Um, You know, uh, creating the intention of like, you're going to, you're going to bring joy to the day. We're just going to be here and not worry about anything else until we have to do those things. And this is all like, this is all in the walk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that just starts my mind off right. And then once mm-hmm. I once I get there, you know, I kind of just check in with everybody and really being present with uh, checking in with people. And then I'm always there a little bit early so that I can like see how everyone's doing, how everybody's feeling, what's the day like, yeah. start ramping things up. And then I do a, a like a 10 minute um, little workout. Mm-hmm. So I change and do a 10 minute workout. And that's the thing that honestly like really gets me going because like I'll put some Beyonce homecoming on. Yes. I know. <laughs> And you, hey, honestly, you know what's funny? We're making jokes about that shit right now. But listen, the way you felt, that moment that that bitch turned around and had that <laughs> outfit on and said, dun, 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 Girl, chicken skins. Just chicken skins. You felt alive. You felt seen. Something new. You didn't know what was coming. Like all that. That is so true. I when I watch that, I'm a I'm a Beyonce fan, but not like you guys. I mean, I like her, and that's good. But I remember watching that and being like, 
what just happened? Like I could not keep my eyes off her. And then I watched it again. Like, and it became my anthem and it's in my car. It's what I listened to on my way to work. Like That's it's so just good. we didn't know. We just You didn't know? know? That, it was just the same for like Troy and I. Like we're like, oh, we'll stay up and watch it. Like when she do we're like she, Beyonce's doing Coachella. You know, and we're just like, oh, she's just gonna she's just gonna I'm gonna do the I am tour, girl. Like we we know this choreo, we seen the stuff. I love her to death, but like we seen it. We'll watch it tomorrow, right? We were just you couldn't take your eyes off. All of a sudden, it's three o'clock in the morning, and she's like Coachella, and you're like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> <It's so crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a queen. That's how I start my warm up, girl. That's what it, that's <laughs> it my warm up. Yeah, it gets you right. And it make you know, you start the day off right. And that's that's, that's it. A present. You <laughs> gotta start with the queen first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have a great day. You start with every day you start with the queen, you're gonna have a great day. <laughs> Sometimes I like imagine like just that opening number song, just like being the soundtrack to everywhere you go, like just walking everywhere. Unfortunately, uh, I got two left feet, so I wouldn't be able to strut as gracefully <laughs> as the uh, queen. I'd be crashing into things. <laughs> when we go back to work, girl, we're about to have a tutorial. Oh, go to iTunes, download the Beyonce Homecoming, and just feel your oats and walk around your apartment, your house, the street, the bike path, however you want to do it. I don't know what the neighbors oh, will my think. Gosh. I'll join in. <laughs> I love it. So what I'm getting us back on track. What what, oh, <laughs> what feeling gives what what else gives you that feeling? I mean, for you to work at a theme park, right? And for you to yes. do the entertainment that you do, like and at the level that you do it, you are the most energetic performer that I know. And I know when you're committed and there's like nothing that compares to you. And I've been in the process of seeing you mount a show and develop a character and be like, so like, this is the only thing and very focused, which is very, like, was very unnerving for me because I was like, what's going on? Is he okay? Does he need help? Do I need to get him help? Um, but it wasn't that. It was just you getting into the, into the role. And once you hit it, once it's in your body, you just go. So like, what brings you that joy that makes you have that energy all that time? Is it that you're playing that soundtrack in your head or is there something else? <laughs> um, I really enjoy making everyone laugh and I love enabling people to have a good time. Mm -hmm. And you know what's weird is even more so, sometimes it's less of the audience that is seeing this performance, but more of like, my coworkers and the people that I work with mm -hmm. is for them to enjoy even like going back to the idea of like doing something over and over again and like wanting them to have that spark of watching me or doing something that makes them, makes everything else go away and just like watch me and like mm -hmm. crack up. Um, I've also noticed that when I'm so in it and I'm having an amazing time that's what yeah. brings me the joy. And once once you kind of step out of that and you like aren't really present and it's like not fun anymore. Yeah. And when you see shows, like you see any show and the performers are not in it, 
you're like, why? First of all, why did I pay money to see this show if you're not going to do your job? (laughs) Like, I could have saved my money and done something else with my time. And second of all, but when they are in it, then you're like, yes, you are invested as an audience member. And even the common person, even they don't, they don't know it, they can pick up on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They can definitely just be like, oh, like that was okay because you did an okay job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it it definitely, it shows. You know, I got to give you some mad respects because, I mean, being a performer in a theme park, I mean, you'll be doing four high energy shows, you know. 9 30 10 30 11 30 12 30 and the next thing you know it correct me if i'm wrong you'll get plucked to do a different show which will have a different energy and so having that balance i mean my gosh i'm sure that's emotionally and mentally draining for you at times especially when you're trying to keep that momentum going so kudos to you yeah and and that's not the only work that you do that can be considered mentally draining. You do more um, work outside of theme parks as well that, in my opinion, is perhaps even more so emotionally and psychologically draining. Um, can you share with us how you got involved with peer praxis and, and the work you do with them? Um, so back when I was in um, college, I worked with a group and we did... Uh, used a technique called theater of the oppressed to combat certain social issues, social injustices. And one of them was sexual assault on college campuses. Um, Fast forward to the future. um, I work with a company now called Peer Praxis. And one of our main clients is the Department of Navy. And we work with the Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Program or team. Um, And we do uh, trainings that involve uh, theater. So performances, we have actors Mm -hmm. that uh, combat sexual assault and retaliation in the uh, military community. Primarily hired by the Department of Navy. So we work with Marines. Uh, we work with sailors, occasionally the Air Force, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes the Army. It, it definitely is a stark contrast between being energetic and happy and just bringing joy to people to really dissecting and talking about, um, to be harsh about it, is rape. You know, we use the term sexual assault as a broad term to talk about mm-hmm. um, the issues um, but it is is rape. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we create these scenes that kind of set up scenarios um, anywhere from, you know, pre-sexual assault to post-sexual assault, you know, people retaliating against people, other individuals who um, report being sexually assaulted. And we kind of created this program that was brought it home to them and make that, made it more real. So going into the details of that, um, my job primarily in that is to conduct the trainings. Uh, we use the term facilitator. Basically, it's somebody who is the bridge to the actors and the military personnel. So mm-hmm. I would go there. I would talk about the stuff with them. So we, we set these scenes up. You know, let's say one that is um, somebody disclosing that they are a victim or a survivor of sexual assault. You know, and another character saying like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm not a professional, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, and so we pause the scene and we would go out to the audience and say, Hey, what's something that can be, we could tell this person that would help them, you know, in this process of, we've already talked about how they review, why someone like this would be silent. Um, what can we do, you know, that make them feel more comfortable. And so, you know, we would have this dialogue about it. And what we would also do is after we would have some dialogues, we would invite these people on stage with us to, to try these tactics that they had said. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But the whole idea of this is every single training is different because every single scenario is different. Every person is different. Do you think that doing this type of work has helped you decide to study marriage and family? Because right now you're studying, you're getting your master's, right? In marriage and family yeah. therapy. So is that is that where this is from? Um, Totally. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice segue. Uh, <laughs> um, totally. You know, that the decision to kind of go down that route wasn't necessarily one that was like, woke up one day or been like, I want to be a, a therapist. Um, but in I, which, which goes back to this whole idea of being self-aware and really taking time to look at your life. And maybe, you know, maybe there are things that have been, at least for me, the, what I like to use is like, there were, I think there've been things thus far have always pointed me mm-hmm. to take this path. Mm-hmm. And maybe this path isn't necessarily, I like this is what I've been telling myself, because especially in this quarantine time, you know, I'm, you know, I'm questioning, am I, do I want to go into this full time? Do I, do I totally want to do change directions? Um, I don't know that answer yet. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I just started and a lot of things have happened. Um, maybe I'll do both. But um, I have noticed that there, all throughout my life, there have been moments that have pointed me in this direction. Especially you just saying that, like, doing this work, I have been able to see the power of, 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 of therapy or counseling. You know, we work closely mm-hmm. with these counselors and therapists because I'm not one yet, but, you know, I've learned the tools thus far to help people in these situations. But yeah, it definitely, you know, that, um, along with realizing all my social, my social worlds that I'm in, even being a kid, I found myself to be very empathetic. Um, but I see how much power it does have to help heal people. Um, Mm -hmm. and that it is a journey. It's not necessarily even, even in the world of sexual assault, it isn't this like, we've done these five things. Now I'm okay. You know, and Mm -hmm. and using words, words can be so powerful in anybody's, um, like journey to, to heal. Um, so when I was presented with the opportunity to go back to school and specifically during this time, which Mm -hmm. stars aligned up with not having much to do in quarantine, um, I felt that it was right. And even starting the classes, things just feel right. And I actually feel interested. I never really thought that I would go back to school. Mm -hmm. You have a very contagious personality because throughout this whole interview, I'm smiling inside and I'm beaming. You're (laughs) just such a natural ball of energy and a bag full of smiles. But question I want to ask you is what scares you? Oh, what scares me? Yes, like 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 as in life in general, just like anything, because you know you're 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 just such a positive energy. You know you 
you smile, your smile makes us smile. You know, the moment you say something, I'm already smiling, you know? So behind all that laughter and awesomeness, you know, I want to know what scares you. Is there anything that scares you? Um, I, I, I mean, this can be like a universal thing too, is like feeling like a yeah. failure. Even then, like I'm still, you know, like I try to work through it, it you know, it, it, being younger, you know, the idea of success, and I'm sure you all talk about this too, or feel the same way is like, in entertainment, the idea of success was, is like, I'm a movie star, I make millions of dollars. And right. <laughs> you don't, I've had to give myself a lot of um, leeway growing up, because you just, what's that, what's that, what's that saying where like, if I, if I knew what I know now back then, I would have done stuff differently. So like, just yeah. knowing that, we're like, I didn't know what I should have known when I was younger, but you had, I had this thing, you know, this idea of way things were going to pan out. Yeah. Um, and that fear of, of being viewed as like, Oh, you went out and like chased your dreams, but like you really didn't achieve them. Mm-hmm. I think, which is a view obviously is like the way I perceive other people perceiving me is yeah. what's, what's scary. Um, looking stupid is a fear of mine. <laughs> you know, when I faced that, I really faced that fear when I did work with the military. Um, that oh my god, my cat's taking shit <laughs> in the clean litter box. Okay, we'll come back. We're back. Um, I'm like, hurry up! No, um. No, but it really, you know, it really was, that was a big, I mean, like, I can tell you, like, scared the shit out of me was having to, having to be perceived as, like, masculine and have this power in front of, there have been times where there were a thousand sailors who were, like, straight out of boot camp. So, like, 18-year-olds, 18-year-olds in the military and, you know... Let's rewind, bitch. We were just talking about Beyonce and how that's how we start our day, walking like Beyonce. So here I am, one of the first times talking about sexual assault to a bunch of hyper-masculine men. I was very, very fearful of the way I was going to be perceived and not taken seriously because I'm a gay man. That, yeah, and and, and like looking stupid in front of everybody. Um, in the past it was coming out, uh, Mm -hmm. was one of the scariest, scariest things ever. Um, yeah, but these days, like, if I really think about like what scares me, I know it sounds like terrible, like not much besides, besides those things, you know, I've done a lot to really just be like, I will make anything work. Well, Paul, that takes a lot of courage to get up there on stage and to speak to all of those, you know, sailors out there about a very serious topic. It's not easy to talk about these things. And so to be able to go up there and change their perspective, you know, I give you a lot of props. So, Paul, as we um, wrap up our interview with you, our good friend, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Oh, perspective is everything. Mm-hmm. The way you see the world, the way you see a situation, and even even in like understanding people, 
we all see it in a different light. And like really doing that can help you connect to people and low key Mm -hmm. give you like some kind of peace, making sure the way I view the world when I go in there through like being grateful for what I have and all the little things in life has Mm -hmm. given me a lot of peace in some crazy times. And I think that Mm -hmm. holds true. Mm -hmm. Everything else can be, can change every single day. But I think it's, I think it's to stay in that, you know, start your day off with that, honey. And things will just be a little better. Thank you, Paul. This has been great. You are an amazing human. An amazing human. We love and appreciate you very, very much. So thanks for coming. I appreciate all of you as well. It's always a pleasure. (laughs) Paul, you are such a hoot. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being on the show. I just want to like pack you in a little to-go box and just take you everywhere with me. No, wait, not even a to-go box, a little little satchel. Just put you in that little satchel and just carry you with me everywhere I go. Yay. Uh, Thanks, Paul. I said, what the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, Paul. I love me some Paul. I think that we all need Paul in our lives like every day. A good dosage of that and it'll get us through the toughest of days. Yes. I need to OD myself on some Paul. He is too much and I could use his energy every single day. (laughs) Especially right now. Yes. (laughs) And to our What the Fun listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to ask us any questions you want, whether if it is the entertainment industry or anything in between, like if I took a shower or what pizza I had for breakfast or if um, Renee brushed her teeth. I don't know. Whatever it may be. Ask us any questions and post your questions on our comment section on our Facebook page and Instagram at Rikiki Productions. Who knows? Maybe your questions might be featured on our next podcast episode. And don't forget to listen in every other Friday, wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.